uh, our name's mission is to create a blue zone in every household. And so when you look to the longevity of the people in the blue zones, it comes back to a few key things. The first and foremost is, of course, their nutrition and diet. Hi, I'm Zoe. Hi, I'm Erica. Hey, Erica. This is our podcast. Well, what do we do on the podcast? Uh, we talk to wellness experts. Well, what do we talk about? Mm, wellness stuff. And why are we doing this? Because we want to have an inclusive conversation about things that you can actually use and apply to your life. Right. We don't think that wellness should feel preachy. We think it should feel like everybody can participate. That's right. So if you like what you hear, tell a friend. Give us five stars. They're do all free. All of the above. All of the above. And think of us as your navigators on the bumpy highway to well. Kalimera. Kalimera, is that, how do you say, is that good afternoon in, in Greek? I don't know, is it morning or afternoon? Um, I mean, what time is it? Yes, it means good morning and good afternoon, but I just forgot what, if it's morning or afternoon. I have no idea what time it is. It's apparently three o'clock. Um, um, it's, it's the afternoon. Um, Kalimera, do you know how many times I had to refrain from making a reference to my big fat Greek wedding. How many? Multiple, because there were just so many opportunities. But that was such a lovely chat we had with um, Katina Muntanos from Costarina Olive Oil. How'd I do? Yeah, it was. And the name is actually, it's a mashup of her and her husband's name, right? Costa. Costa. Uh, and How many Costas in your family? Oh, there's it's like bigger than a bread box. There's a lot. There's a handful. How many Nicks? Nicks. You know, there's a, there's quite a few. There's a few. They're not that original. They just keep naming after their parents. It's like it's a never-ending cycle. <laughs> um, and they just take turns. It's like, okay, this baby is like after your parents. And then the next one's going to be after my parents. It just never ends. Anyway, it's a good culture, those Greeks, man. They're doing a lot of things right. I will say that. Clearly, obviously. Yeah. She's got this amazing, um, literally amazing brand of olive oil that is from her, from her where she hails in Southern Greece. And uh, it also happens to be like the origin of olive oil itself. It was like, what did she say? Like the first seed? Of the first tree for the first, uh, you know, olive oil tree and all of Greece that's originated there, which is kind of fascinating. Or maybe that's some like Greek mythology that they passed down to the grandchildren. Just yeah, they to... get away with a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I'm buying it. Yeah. Anyway, but we had a, a nice chat with her about her um, her olive oil that is extra virgin and loaded with polyphenols. And she talks about why that is so important to our health, which we couldn't agree with more. Yeah, there was actually, it was, there was a lot of really good, um, just like really good tangible information in there and things that, you know, seem a little bit obvious, but yet we're still learning as we go, which is kind of the whole point of this, I suppose. Um, yeah. But it was a good chat and I'm excited to um, try some olive oil and consume more of it. Now that I know how to shop for it, uh, yeah. It also my um, my my whatever it doesn't matter how I know this person, but I I knew a Greek lady once who <laughs> said that she would um, she would like this is probably going to be edited out, uh, but she would have like as a teenager she would have like drinking competitions with her friends and she would always win. And she said the reason she won was because she would chug olive oil before competition like a lot, and it would somehow just like coat or so, like it's uh, it did some magical thing where she wouldn't get wasted and she would just like out drink all of these teenage boys and 
I was like, well, wear that badge proudly. <laughs> I'm maybe going to try that too. I mean, you yeah. know, <laughs> let's not discriminate. Let's just use it all purpose. Yeah, all purpose. Um, it does a lot of things. It solves for a lot of problems. Well, that was That's very sure. interesting, fascinating, and blue zones and all the rest of that come into play. So enjoy. Have a listen. Bye. Bye. So what if I told you your morning coffee could make you smarter? Or that your afternoon dark chocolate habit could also provide the most powerful immune support available in nature? You'd probably say I was full of shiitake. That's a mushroom joke, because we're a mushroom company, Earth and Star, bringing you the amazing benefits of functional mushrooms in your favorite everyday products. We make coffee, tea, snacks, and more, all with a whopping 2,000 milligrams of adaptogen extracts like lion's mane for brain power, chaga for immune support, and cordyceps for physical stamina. Crack open a can of our certified organic plant-based lattes and cold brew, or choose our ground coffee to brew at home just the way you like it. Sweet tooth? Try our four flavors of delicious dark chocolate bars or our cute little drops to put in your favorite beverage. Every Earth and Star product is 100% organic, gluten and dairy free with zero refined sugars, fillers or gums. Because gross. But do they taste like mushrooms? No, they taste like coffee, matcha, chocolate bars and everything else you already consume. They just come with extra superpowers. Visit earthandstar.com and use the code podcast to get 15% off your first order. Earth and Star, your daily routine elevated. Welcome officially, Katina Muntanos of Costarina Olive Oil, beautiful olive oil company. We are very excited. I think Zoe is probably particularly excited for maybe obvious reasons. Is it obvious? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. We are thrilled to have you and hear how you really how you kind of got where you are because I know it, there's more to it than just you know having a passion for olive oil and wanting to start a CPG company. So um, can you kind of give us a little bit of a of a background and and the journey that has gotten you where you are, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think about the where the best place to start would be, but um, I started my career in finance. Um, I was in investment banking in New York and London before going back to grad school. Um, And so after business school, my career took a little bit of a turn. I left the finance world and went to L'Oreal and worked in beauty. So that was my first taste of CPG and the beauty industry. And from there, went to my first startup experience. And that's where I really fell in love with entrepreneurship and small company environments. So my first startup experience was at a company called Quidzy. They ran e-commerce websites called diapers.com and soap.com. And I actually went there to launch and manage their beauty categories. And Quidzy was very shortly thereafter uh, acquired by Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I went from Quidzy to Amazon. And it really was at Quidzy where I sort of walked into my boss's office and said, um, you know, I'm thinking of reaching out to these brands. What do you think? And she said, why are you asking me? And I was like, oh, I don't have to ask permission. I can just do. And I think that autonomy was so just like delighted me and excited me and and made me fall in love with, you know, the early stage. And so um, I spent a little bit of time at Amazon, but left to start my first company, um, which was very scary. I'm a second time entrepreneur now with Costarina, but my first company was a company called Manicube. We did um, manicures, men's haircuts, and other sort of personal care services, including massages 
in corporate offices in sort of a tech-enabled way. And um, that company, my co-founder and I ran for three and a half years before selling it to Elizabeth Arden and Red Door Spas. Wow, good for you. Um, and then after that, um, I went to Jet.com, which was founded by this one of the founders who also founded Quidzy. So Mark Laurie, who was an amazing mentor of mine, um, had just started Jet. I went over because Jet had raised you know, one of the largest Series A rounds in history. Um, and then it was very shortly thereafter acquired by Walmart. So I really had this experience where I loved working in early stage, but kept going to bigger companies mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because the startups that I was selecting were you know, successful. And so I ended up at Walmart. And um, it really was during my time at Walmart where I sort of dreamt up and began to work on Costarina as a passion project on the side. And um, after the Walmart acquisition, my job was to build brands. Um, we incubated brands internally that sold online via e-commerce, but also in Walmart stores. And so we created brands in fashion, beauty, and home. And that job was amazing. So leaving to become an entrepreneur again was a big decision because I really was enjoying what I was doing there. But yeah, I can give you a little bit of background of what brought me to Costa Rica. Well, I mean, definitely yes. But I would also love... To, I mean, if you can kind of explain it in the context of what that moment was, because I think that that actually is kind of a common experience for a lot of people who, you know, some people in CPG and in startups have kind of always just had an entrepreneurial mindset. And it was never a matter of like, really, it never felt like a risk or or making like a big transition. And then others who have a background of having worked in, you know, big companies and have that stability but who ultimately decide to make that leap, like that is kind of a big moment. So if you can talk about it in that context, it would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started Costa Rica as a passion project, as I mentioned, really because um, my family makes olive oil in Southern Greece. And so I knew what olive oil was supposed to taste like. And I went to Fairway in New York City to buy Greek extra virgin and I was honestly just kind of like disappointed and almost like disgusted by how it tasted. I was like, this is not Greek extra virgin. I tried Italian extra virgins and they really just did not compare in taste or quality to what I was used to my family producing. And I became kind of obsessed with finding good olive oil you know, in, in New York. And I really couldn't find it. I, I signed up for this olive oil sommelier course. And it was in, over the course of that time that I learned about the incredible health benefits of what I now know to be early harvest extra virgin olive oil. And so the background here is that when you harvest an olive early, which means you pluck it off the tree before it's ripe while the olive is still green, you preserve polyphenol contents, which are these natural antioxidants, which have been proven by hundreds of studies to, even with a very small amount, like a couple of teaspoons a day, reduce your risk of cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart disease, there's just tons of research on on this topic and the polyphenols are so, so powerful. And so I began to put together that the US market or the consumer here was missing out on these incredible taste benefits, but also these really powerful health benefits and wanted to bring that product to the US and really launched as a passion project. I launched Costarina.com with one skew. It was our original extra virgin olive oil and um, really just began to grow it you know, I launched it to friends and family and it began to grow organically. I worked on it nights and weekends. I still had a full-time job. It began to grow. People would talk about it to their families and their friends. They would share it. Um, you know, this is some of the best olive oil I ever had. People would tell me like, I think I just tasted real olive oil for the first time. 
And the big turning point for me was um, I ran an NPS survey, which if you guys are not familiar with, is a simple question that asks, how likely are you to recommend this product to a friend or family member? And um, you select a number from 1 to 10. And our NPS score came back as literally 100. And you know, I had been doing NPS surveys for all the brands I was working on at Walmart and, and tons of other brands and realized that that was just a really incredible result and that the brand was really resonating with people and the people loved the product. And so it all coincided with, you know, a time in my life where I was, you know, walking the aisles of the supermarket and looking at where opportunities were for new products. I looked at the olive oil aisle. Every bottle looked the same. They were all sort of olive green with branches on them. Um, Some had Greek mythological characters. Some had landscapes of Italy. And I really just felt like there was a place for a a brand that stood for high quality olive oil that the consumer could trust. And also took a much more modern approach aesthetically. Um, I wanted to be sort of the method hand soap of olive oil, where it was a bottle that you wanted to have out on your counter because it was so beautiful. Um, and so it was really like this and, and, and. I wanted it to be extremely tasty, extremely healthy, and extremely beautiful. Um, and that's sort of what led me to, to make the decision to, to take a leap. Yeah, everybody's going for that and, 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 right? Just like constantly improving upon whatever is out there and, and you know, making it a bit more premium. We're actually just having a conversation with someone recently, a former method person about that very thing, which is like, you know, is your product counter worthy? Like, are people going to be proud to like display it on there? Um, yeah. Somehow that being like, a you know, a very big deal in terms of success. So uh, it is a beautiful bottle. I have to give it to you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I would love to send you guys some if you haven't had a chance to try yet. I've I've had the opportunity to try the cake, but I've never actually tried the oil. The cake? Oh, yeah, for the sure. The cake. <laughs> Where exactly in Southern Greece is your family harvesting this? So uh, my family comes from Koroni, um, which is just south of Salamata, if you're familiar with. Yep. Um, it's in the mainland Greece in the Peloponnese region. Mm-hmm. And um, what's funny about that is that the most popular variety of extra virgin olive oil that's grown throughout all of Greece is called Koroneki, which literally means from Koroni. So my hometown is the original home to this seed or tree or plant that grows throughout all of Greece, making this incredible olive oil. God, it was destiny. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes me wonder why, like, why did, why wasn't that sort of like, an, an earlier like revelation or decision, or even you know, was was your family ever like, why aren't you doing this? Like, did, or or was it just too? Yeah, it definitely was an early re- revelation for me, but um, I don't think my family ever sort of thought to create an olive oil brand. Like, we import our olive oil from Boroni in these like giant glass carafes, and so we never had, we never lacked for good olive oil. We always had it. <laughs> we bring them, you know, we import them in like 17 kilogram jugs. And that would sort of last us for half a year. Um, And so we were never looking for, we always had it. It wasn't until, you know, I moved to New York City and began cooking as an adult more and realized like, oh, the rest of the world doesn't actually have incredible sources at all. Well, right. And how do you kind of like prove it out? So how do you test it? Because I know a few years ago, there was a big scandal with... um... What was it like the, whatever the certification yeah. was, what was the brand of all of, they got hit pretty hard where they were uh, sort of presenting as uh, Italian extra virgin and there was like nothing about it that was Italian. Yeah. Did you remember that story? 
I do. There was a 16 minutes piece that talked about um, fraudulent olive oil. And there was a study done by UC Davis in California that proved that 70% of the olive oil on the supermarket shelf, this was from 2010, so it goes back a while, but 70% of what was labeled extra virgin on the supermarket shelf was not actually extra virgin. And so you asked about how do we you know, prove it. And, and so we do testing on a number of different levels. We do what's called organoleptic testing, which is smell and taste testing. And there are a number of parameters um, that an expert would look for in, to prove that an olive oil is extra virgin. Um, and it relates to the aroma. You typically want to look for notes of grass, vegetables, floral, something fresh. Um, if you smell, you know, a bottle of your traditional supermarket olive oil that's under $10, it will literally smell like nothing or it'll smell like plastic or very overripe olives. It's really an incredible difference when you taste, when you smell side by side. The second thing you want to look for from an organoleptic testing standpoint is a little bit of a pepperiness or a, a slight burn at the back of the throat when you swallow it. Mm-hmm. And so that burn at the back of the throat is are the polyphenols. That's how you know that that's an early harvest oh, extra virgin olive oil, interesting. which is just like a really good trick for you know testing what's in your pantry and whether you should throw it out or not. <laughs> Does your throat burn? Yeah, no, I actually have noted that a few times where I'm like, oh, it's almost like a spice or like a like a it's like a nutty spice or something is how I would think about it. Yeah, huh. you you guys might appreciate the story, but one of the things that I learned in that sort of olive oil sommelier process was about how these polyphenols, um, one of them is called oleocanthal, how these powerful polyphenols were discovered. So there was a researcher, his name is Gary Beecham, and he was taking uncoated ibuprofen as part of his pharmaceutical research. And he went to Italy to a conference and tasted fresh olive oil in Italy right off the tree. And it had the same burn in the back of his throat as the uncoated ibuprofen. And so he bottled up this olive oil in Italy, brought it back to his team, and he presented it to his head researcher, made him try it. And the researcher said, why did you put ibuprofen in the olive oil? And he was like, that's just it. I didn't. And they began the research and found this very powerful compound that occurs completely naturally in early harvest extra virgin olive oil, but acts like this man-made compound created to you know, reduce inflammation via ibuprofen. Wow. That's Ooh, that amazing. Story, and they would yeah, they did that all on like this sort of like burn in the back of your throat kind of indicator. Yes, that was their clue to begin to look into like what is in this yeah. early harvest olive oil that's creating that burn because it's very similar to what uncoated ibuprofen did. That's fascinating, and I feel like honestly that's not information that is super widely available, and it should be. Like I, I know I just in the the limited you know, attention that I've paid to quality olive oil in the past. And by quality, I mean, like, I've just always looked for organic and, you know, some combination of either Italian or Spanish and sometimes Greek, but it's not as, I guess, widely available in some places. But I was kind of led to understand that the burn, you know, when you're looking for it, even like you go to the fairway, right? And you do the little tasting bar with the bread, which obviously is no longer happening. (laughs) (laughs) But... I felt like it would be described as like, oh, you'll note the pepperiness, which is a quality of blah, 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 to talk more about like region and terroir, but not necessarily to speak specifically to the health benefits, which I feel like is a big miss on the marketing front. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there are lots of legal restrictions on what you can say. And so I think that's what makes it difficult in this market. But you, you asked about 
what else we do from a testing standpoint, or how do we prove that it's good olive oil? And in addition to the organoleptic testing, which is the taste and smell testing, we do pretty rigorous chemical testing. And it's through that chemical testing that we can measure the exact level of polyphenol content, um, those antioxidants. And we measure that right at the time of harvest. And then we measure it on a monthly basis because it naturally declines over time in most brands. In other brands, it, it can decline by up to 50% in a year. Wow. Ours declines by less than 8% over the past several years. Wow. So really a meaningful difference. Like when you start from such a high antioxidant point, you really get the benefit um, over the course of the lifetime of that olive oil. Is that the... Um, the do you use the same ORAC chart, O-R-A-C, or scale? Um, I'm unfamiliar with that. You'll have to send me yeah, what it is. Something that we use just in in terms of like, um, you know, there's a way to measure uh, antioxidant levels in mushrooms as well. And um, the ORAC scale was... Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah, no, I'd love to learn more yeah, about that. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. I mean, there's nothing... It's a, It's unfortunate that there's so many restrictions around claims because, yeah, I mean, as we said, there are a lot of mm-hmm. oils out there kind of perpetrating. Yeah. And it, it would be great because there's no, you know, there's no, um, really, there's not much information on the back of the bottle, right? So it would be so cool to see someone kind of like create some kind of standard or a seal or something that could speak to that. Maybe you should do that. <laughs> exactly. Yes. No, it's very much on our radar and um, in our goal set for the medium term, for sure. So what is it? I mean, I obviously, you know, anybody who's going to have some sense of, of, you know, patriotism is going to say that theirs is the best. But I mean, we've talked before, we've had conversations with um, health experts having to do with, you know, Mediterranean diet, for example. But what is it about Greek olive oil that makes it so exceptionally different? As, I mean, we've talked about blue zones, but is it, can you kind of speak a little bit more specifically on that whole topic? Because it's one that is never not fascinating. And before you do, I'm, Go ahead and say, because this is my only claim to fame. I am from the blue zone uh, in Icaria. You're from Icaria? Yeah, my, wow. I, uh, yeah, my dad. That's amazing. Born in Icaria. Yeah, Zoe is actually 90 years old. You just would never know. Oh my gosh. Yes, I want to talk about the blue zones. Um, I'm so fascinated, and we've learned a ton as a team from you know what creates the longevity of the people in the blue zones. Um, and we study Igari a lot. So the blue zones are, as you guys know, um, but the audience may not know, are five areas of the world that have higher than average population of centenarians, people who live to be over 100. Um, Igari is famous because of uh, a New York Times article that came out um, that I, I think it labeled it as the island where people forget to die, which <laughs> if you haven't read that story is amazing. I think it was a man diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. He decided not to have treatment and just went back to Icaria. And I think he lived like 40 more years or something incredible like that. Mm-hmm. And so at Costa Arena, our mission is actually, we uh, our named mission is to create a blue zone in every household. And so when you look to the longevity of the people in the blue zones, it comes back to a few key things. The first and foremost is, of course, their nutrition and diet. And in the two Mediterranean blue zones, they use a lot of olive oil. They eat very plant-forward. They do eat limited amounts of meat and clean fish, um, but very plant-forward and, um, you know, tons of olive oil. Uh, They also eat a lot of legumes, so lentils and beans. A lot of beans. Yeah. The the second key thing um, that the blue zone people 
are very focused on is community. So this idea of sitting down to family dinner every single day or sitting down to coffee with friends really helps foster relationships that make people happier, have a sense of purpose, and you know, as a result, help them to live longer. You see a lot of multi-generational living. So people living with their parents and grandparents all in the same household. And that community piece is something we talk a lot about at Costa Rica as well. So very much encouraging, like sitting down to family dinner, cooking big meals um, for inviting people over and sort of enjoying that moment. And even though it may include the occasional indulgence. It's not like they're saints, right? Like they're also, they're doing all of these wonderful things, but they're also like, drinking and smoking and staying up till 4 a.m. I mean, mind you having a little siesta, but like that's, yeah, (laughs) makes it so much more. No, that's exactly it. When I think about um, like my family and friends in Greece, like you said, they're drinking wine, staying out late, eating good food. And then, you know, my family and friends here, you go to a family party and they're like, oh, I'm on keto. I can't eat that. Or I'm intermittent fasting. So I'm going to wait a few more hours. So and they're, you know, they're in the gym for an hour or two a day. It's just not how people in the blue zones live. And so we think that there's a lot we can learn from the Mediterranean lifestyle and, you know, the blue zone lifestyle more broadly to make us all, you know, happier and healthier. Because, you know, the final component of the blue zone people's longevity really is this sort of living life in, in a low stress environment. Um, they don't live by their calendar and their watches like we do here. And then living life free of toxins. And so um, we also developed skincare made with olive oil. And that really all comes back to this toxin-free ingredient that really comes from nature. That's amazing. Yeah. There was another... Uh, it's funny. I, actually, all of my Greek relatives who live in New Jersey who think that the currency is different in Pennsylvania, I kid you not. Um, that's, how, that's how like insulated of a bubble they live in. They like go to Greece all summer and they come back here and they never go like nowhere else. Um, but it's <laughs> interesting because they all live like within, you know, very close proximity, you know, none of my cousins, like they don't move out until they get married. Like they're all living together. Like, you know, it's like three <laughs> generations living in the same house. Um, and yeah, all they do is drive to each other's houses all day. And I'm like, what are you, what are we talking about? <laughs> like, sit down and talk for hours and nothing. But Zoe, did they have um, like networks of friends as well, or is it completely family oriented? I mean, it's pretty family oriented because there's so many, there's so much extended family. It's just like you're just friends with your family. All all your cousins are all your best friends, at least in my my little. Yeah, when you have 21 first cousins, you don't need friends. Really, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, they're all like going to Greek school together or whatever. But it does, um, (laughs) you know, I have to say, at least my own that side of the family as a, you know, a little slice of life, it's definitely proven true. I mean, there's like, they're old. Nobody even knows how old my Yaya is. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> you're a hundred. Anyway, but I digress. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating. Oh, one other thing I wanted to, to ask you about, if you had any knowledge around this, and I, I didn't go very deep on it, but I kind of got into the whole lectin thing because I do like, I like legumes and they're loaded with lectins. And of of course, like, you know, they've been sort of demonized uh, recently by, you know, uh, Dr. Steve Gundry has sort of like spearheaded that. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So he's very controversial. He wrote like Plant Paradox and he's just like, lectins are horrible. And so he recently just came out, he's obsessed with olive oil. And he recently Mm -hmm. came out with this big piece 
where he's always like cracking the code on something. He's like, oh, I finally figured out how all of these, you know, blue zone people, whoever, like these cultures that live on foods high in lectins, like tomatoes and legumes and all the rest, like there's something about adding olive oil to it. They drown it in olive oil. And there's something about that combination apparently having to do with the polyphenols that like does something to like deactivate the lectins or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Have you heard? Mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. So i um, definitely familiar with Dr. Gundry. I've read a lot of his books. Um, he also came up with the longevity paradox, yeah. which um, I think is where um, he put forth this idea of the olive oil reducing the effect of the lectins. So I think it's always been um, my family when they cook beans, they soak them overnight. And so um, soaking your beans or lentils in water overnight or for several hours will definitely reduce the effect of the lectins. And I've now heard that olive oil or using a lot of olive oil will do the same thing. There's lots of research that studies the combination of olive oil with other things. For example, we actually launched Posterina dark chocolate because there are studies that show that when you consume dark chocolate and extra virgin olive oil at the same time, there are significant heart health benefits. And, you know, my reaction to that was like, that's great news. I love both of those two things. Um, you know, they're healthy and delicious independently and just as healthy or even healthier and, and just as delicious together. And so it is really powerful. And so there's certainly science behind it. I am not, um, I can't speak to whether olive oil definitely does reduce the effect of the lectins, but I sort of take a more step back approach in that I'm a big proponent of functional medicine generally, being that you guys are in the wellness world. I assume you are familiar with this method of healthcare as well that looks at the body, you know, much more holistically. Um, and my family and I, we all do food sensitivity testing where I think, you know, you would be able to uncover those types of sensitivities if you were, let's say, you know, susceptible to lectins um, in the way that, you know, Dr. Gundry portrays. And so the more you can sort of get in there on your blood testing and food sensitivity testing and learn about how food, specific foods affect you, the better um, and, and the healthier you can be long-term and manage that. Yeah. And you don't have to, I mean, especially on the food sensitivity tip, like you don't have to find, you know, a functional medicine doctor and do this like very elaborate blood workup. You can just go to an allergist and do a prick test, figure out what foods you're sensitive to. So it is actually pretty accessible. Exactly. The olive oil thing makes sense to me too, just in an even more zoomed out way. Like I think that there are a lot of foods that sort of change their format or change their availability when you add fat, right? So things that are, you know, fat soluble as opposed to not. And even like the other day, I actually had a conversation with um, an acupuncturist because, and Z, I think I told you this, I don't remember, but like all of a sudden, like I'm not super tolerant of onions after eating them my whole life. Like all of a sudden in the last like a couple of months, every time I have raw onion or even like slightly cooked, I like it comes out of my pores, which has never happened to me before. And so I was asking my acupuncture about this. I was just like, what, how is this happening? And unfortunately, there's no like real good answer in terms of like, oh, here's exactly why, you know, sort of a blanket under aging. Awesome. But he did suggest adding, you know, cooking it really, really thoroughly in fat, whether it's butter or olive oil and olive oil in particular, because of everything we're just saying. So I feel like there is just something too generally like, you know, we've been fearful of fat as a culture for so long. And we're finally in the last, you know, 15 years or so coming around. But it does seem to kind of work its magic in so many different ways, even like adding it to coffee and 
you know, butter or coconut oil or whatever it is, it sort of tamps down some of the the effects that you get. And it's just interesting. Wait a minute. When you say that it's coming out of your pores, are you saying like you're breaking out or you're... No, like I sweat onions. Oh, that's... It's, it's really attractive. Oh my gosh. I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just funny. You smell like an onion. Yeah, I mean, not like, awesome. No, I mean, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing, but it's not fun. And it's certainly like, it just came out of nowhere. It's like, when did this happen? Yeah, the answer is always add more olive oil. Yeah, just <laughs> it makes everything better. Put some olive oil. All right, well, we're going to have to do some kind of like a uh, promotion where we, we pair our amazing dark chocolate and yes. your amazing olive oil. And do a little bundle and talk about the benefits. I love, I love that. The super polyphenol bundle. Yeah. Um, okay. What else? What else do you want? Because this will obviously. Well, you do have a number of products. Like, can you kind of share a little bit more about what your the, all these different delivery systems that you have? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the current Costa product lineup includes three flavored olive oils: um, an original, a Greek urban lemon flavored olive oil, which is really good as a marinade for chicken or a salad dressing. Um, and then we have a garlic flavored olive oil, which is really like a cult favorite. Um, when we are out of stock in that, people get very, very angry. <laughs> we call it a kitchen hack because you essentially don't need to chop garlic. Anytime you're cooking with garlic, you can use that olive oil and you'll get the same flavor. Um, it's also really delicious for bread dipping if that's something you're into. Um, we also have a line of three balsamic vinegars. We have an original balsamic, a fig-flavored balsamic, of course, because figs native to the Peloponnese region of Greece, um, where I'm from, and where I'm sure where you're from too, Zoe. Um, and then our, we have a really unique third balsamic. It's a dark chocolate-flavored balsamic. You'll notice chocolate becomes a theme for us because of our uh, taste preferences. Um, but we have a dark chocolate-flavored balsamic, which is delicious on Greek yogurt. It's really good on fresh fruit ice cream. Um, it sort of acts like your updated Hershey syrup, mm-hmm. but it's made of grapes and not high fructose corn syrup. Um, it's definitely a must try. It sits alongside our olive oil in Whole Foods. Nice. Um, so we are uh, sold in Whole Foods nationally. We also have a line of dark chocolate bars, which I mentioned. So we have four dark chocolate bars. Um, they're all made with our extra virgin olive oil, our signature extra virgin olive oil all made with um, organic premium ingredients native to Southern Greece. So um, they're, they're made with nuts, cinnamon, and honey. Um, that bar was actually meant to mimic a melo macarono. Um, I say that because I know Zoe will know what that is, but it's a cookie that we make in Greek culture Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> the best. And then we have a fig and balsamic flavored, which also uses our fig balsamic in it. So there's a lot of like bringing in certain products into the other categories uh, across our line. Um, and then my favorite is our newest bar. It's a cashew butter and crispy quinoa dark chocolate bar. Um, all our chocolates are only dark chocolate because of the lower sugar content. And then um, I think you said, Erica, that you tried our olive oil cake. I did. So we launched our olive oil cake. It's a really delicious but plain basic cake that has that is just not too sweet. It's perfect with like as a breakfast or with your afternoon coffee or to bring to someone's house if you're um, if you want to gift them something instead of a bottle of wine. Um, and so yeah, we're we're also working on a gluten-free, dairy-free version um, of our olive oil cake to come in the future. Yeah, it's quite delicious. Um, and then our most recent launch um, really sits near and dear to my heart in skincare. And so people in the Mediterranean have been using extra virgin olive oil on their skin and hair for literally thousands of years. 
in Greek culture, we actually baptize our babies in extra virgin olive oil. Um, it's deemed the safest and most efficacious moisturizer and skincare um, healer. It has healing properties. It can be antiseptic. Um, doctors recommend it to use on um, babies' scalp when they're born. If there's any sort of eczema or cradle cap, it's really this just like incredible natural product that's in incredibly safe and healthy. And um, we're excited to launch skincare because we really do believe in beauty from the inside and the outside. And that what you eat is so much more likely to affect how you look more so than what you're putting on your skin. And a lot of what we're putting on our skin can in fact make us less healthy or less beautiful because of all the toxic ingredients involved. And so our skincare line is extremely clean. We've used the credo definition of clean and we leverage the extra virgin olive oil for its antioxidant properties and its hydration benefits. That's amazing. Sounds awesome. And a lot of products. Yeah. Yeah, really building out the line um, and think of ourselves as a broader wellness brand and not just an olive oil brand. Um, and it's really all centered around like everything that we learned from Icaria, really just centered around the Mediterranean lifestyle and um, you know the positive health benefits that come along with that lifestyle. So how much are we technically supposed to be consuming on a daily basis? Of olive oil? Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. The U.S consumer consumes one kilogram of olive oil per person per year. In Greece, the average person consumes 17 kilograms <laughs> per person per year. So we can definitely afford to consume a lot more <laughs> um, than we currently are. The, you know, the problem here is that we've been told not to cook with olive oil. Yeah. Incorrect. I was going to ask you about that. So in the US, we've been told to cook with canola and you know, vegetable oil, which is essentially toxic to the body. It's probably like the worst health advice that the, you know, the public has received over the past 30 and 40 years. Yeah. Um, and recent research shows that extra virgin olive oil really is the healthiest fat to be cooking with because of the, when temperature is applied, not many free radicals are emitted. When you cook with a processed oil like canola, lots of free radicals are emitted and those can be quite toxic to the body. And so we've been told to look at smoke points, but smoke point is actually not a measure of whether it's an oil is appropriate to be cooking with or not. And I'd love to share that research with you guys to, to share with yeah, your that would be really well. interesting. I would well, love that. Yeah, it's funny. It's something that we talk about as well because it's, um, it's just, it's gotten, it's crept into every single food and food aisle um, in the States. And it's, <laughs> It's alarming. I mean, I can't even find a hummus anymore that doesn't have seed oil. Nothing like there's no olive, there's no hummus on the shelf that's made with olive oil, which is like shocking. But like literally every kind of packaged good, um, chip, even ready to drink like lattes are including like sunflower, safflower, canola. Like there's canola oil in La Cologne coffee, you know, the ready to drink lattes. So it's, it's in everything. And I think because people are just so used to seeing it and because it kind of sounds okay, it doesn't mm -hmm. sound like really bad. Oh, like oh, sunflower oil, like what could be wrong with that? It sounds supernatural. There's just like no information out there. And, and, and it's really, it's, it's incredibly bad to be consuming that, that, you know, I mean, it's, it's in everything. And if you're eating these foods every single day, it kind of, you know, it really adds up. Yeah, it really is a shame. And you see like all the oat milks made with grapeseed oil and it's, it's just proliferated so much. And it really is because those oils are cheaper 
you can make your CPG products much cheaper with those types of oils than you can with a more premium, healthier oil. And, and the other thing I'll say about olive oil is price can actually be a pretty good indicator of quality. Not always. You'll still have to test it um, and taste it. But when you squeeze an olive before it's ripe, while it's still green, not very much juice comes out. Not very much you know, olive taste will come out of that. Um, when you squeeze a ripe olive, a lot of juice comes out. There's literally more juice from the squeeze. And so most producers will wait until it's ripe because they sell their olive oil by the pound or by the kilo. And so you can see how early harvest olive oil, because not as much comes out, can be more expensive. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, there's so many ways to cut corners behind the scenes that people have been like, you know, you just never know as a consumer. Yes. Yeah. With uh, strawberries, this like amazing story about Harry's berries, which I'm obsessed with. <laughs> so like, it's like I've never had a real strawberry until I had this strawberry, and you know, it charges like fifteen dollars for a pint, whereas like a bottle of, or a pint of like um, Driscoll Farms or whatever uh, is like seven or eight. Um, and it's because he wait, you know, he waits till they're actually ripe mm. to ship them, whereas everyone else wants to pick them early so they have a longer shelf life. And they haven't ripened. So it's just like another example. Yeah. Just horrible. Oh, I'm thinking it's definitely check it out. Harry's berries. Oh my God, they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you feel like listeners need to know about this amazing experience of, of olive oil that we haven't touched on? No, I think that that's really it. It's really this idea of, you know, extra virgin of, of health and beauty from the inside and the outside that this incredible natural ingredient can help provide across a number of different product types. And you guys are in Whole Foods and also available online. And are you in other retailers, brick yeah. and mortar? Or is that your primary? Um, yes, we're also sold in Crate and Barrel. Oh, nice. Um, and we're sold on Food 52 um, and Nordstrom as well. Cool. Congrats. And how, how about um, Amazon? Are you on Amazon? We are on Amazon. You nice. Are. Well, um, this has been so interesting and enlightening. And it's really making me want to go and just like chug a tablespoon or two of olive oil, especially feeling a little dehydrated today. So thank you so much for sharing your story. And we'll be very eager to, um, to taste it a little bit and uh, definitely also get you some samples and figure out if there's, you know, a mushroom opportunity. Thank you so much. And everything that you're doing is so incredible. I think you're doing a really great public service trying to get, you know, this information out there for people to understand how to live healthier. Um, And the company that you're building and and what you did with Blueprint is all so impressive. So congrats to everything that you guys are building on your side too. Oh, thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at htwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our daily blend blog to see what we're drinking.